fail fast, do it often, and dude, eat the freaking cake. Welcome to episode 32 with the legendary Shiloh Extra. You are listening to Len Jones Party of Two, where experts and influencers speak honestly and openly about their keys to success. Sponsored by TrueFace.ai, where your face is the key. For more information on TrueFace, please contact your host at ian at TrueFace.ai. Now, pay close attention, because you're going to learn today. What up, what up, party people? You already know, it is a damn good day to have a damn good day. And one of the best ways to do that is to start the day off doing something you love. It's easy to get sucked up into our work and the idea of constantly grinding that time begins to fly and and we don't know where it went. I found that when you become intentional at looking at the calendar each day and recognizing that day, you tend to appreciate the day more and it gets you to go beast mode on the day. This exercise will also improve your mood because it'll just make you feel a little more lucky and happy about what you got going on, where you've been and what's going on today. And if you're new to the podcast, our mission here is twofold. Educate aspiring entrepreneurs by dissecting the come-up stories of incredible humans, by extracting the golden nuggets that you can apply now to better your life, and second, to have all my friends that are making moves to be my other friends that are making moves to create one giant community of extraordinary people. Now let's talk about our phenomenal guest today, Shiloh Ekstrom. I first met Shiloh at a bar at an event we were both attending in Minneapolis. I immediately got the vibes that this girl was the real deal. You know that feeling when someone walks into a room and just like the energy changes? Yeah, she's got the juice. After learning more, I went on to learn that Shiloh is a seven-figure income earner inside of the direct sales organization, and her journey in life has been a roller coaster. She coins her peeps as the rebel influencers to acknowledge that you need to be a rebel to get into entrepreneurship and really commit. But like most about Shiloh, she stays true to where she's at, and she describes the process of becoming that person, which was one of the largest challenges on the journey. In this episode, Shiloh talks about how to avoid massive financial mistakes, how to be real all the time and authentic and allow eyes to see you during this process. The process to stop caring about other people and to know you'll be fine. Her rock-solid morning routine to get the juices flowing and what it means to fail fast, do it often, and the meaning behind eating that delicious triple-layered chocolate funfetti-infused peanut butter crisp cake from time to time. Now, before we start, I must say, if you enjoy this podcast and want to support future conversations like these, please leave us a positive review. It means a lot. So, without further ado, let's jump into it. We are live with the one and only. I would probably call you Shiloh. I'd probably call you something like, have you ever seen the movie Maleficent? Yes. It's one of my favorite movies. And you remind me so much of like a badass Angelina Jolie just crushing life. Well, that's a compliment. I'll take it. I'll oh, take it. Absolutely. Shiloh, it's so great to see you. I'm so excited that I get some of your time and can pick your brain. I know since day one when we first connected, I think it was actually at like a bar. We were just having like a drink. And yeah. I was just like, hey, you look cool. You look. And then it was just like, we instantly hit it off. And you just inspired me from day one. So first off, how you doing? I'm awesome. How are you? You look great, too. You look great. Living the dream. I know I was just talking about how great your hair looks, too. So <laughs> hopefully you. people will see that in the trailer of the of the, of the podcast. Just yeah. Shiloh, you know, you have this gift out of all the different people I've seen inside of direct sales and just entrepreneurship where you empower the crap out of people like like you wear the the exotic clothes you wear the fancy stuff like you do this things to paint the image 
of like truly being yourself. And I'm curious, like, were you always that confident, powerful, strong woman that you are today? That's an awesome question. Actually, I love it. Um, no, you know, here's here's kind of what happens. This is a great this is great. We go through stages of our lives and I would say I was overconfident in high school. Like I thought I was like, I just was, it was almost like a protection mode though. Like when you're overconfident, you're compensating for some insecurities, right? So in high school, nobody's ever confident. We just pretend we are. And I, you know, when we, when I graduated high school, I got knocked down. Like I got engaged very early. I got pregnant and got married. And I was like the first, I had no friends that were like, you know what I mean? Like I, I went to a military base with my husband. I just felt so alone. Okay. And my confidence level went to zero. I was ashamed of myself. I didn't know, you know, I just felt like I was making choices that maybe no one else was making, you know, when you're by yourself, you're like, is this right? And I, I didn't feel happy. And I ended up getting divorced, which made me feel even worse. And I think my confidence took a total dive. And it took me some years to kind of build myself back up. But what I was always really good at, and this is something I encourage anyone, even when you feel like that, Stand up tall, put your shoulders back and do your best. Don't fake it, but do your best. Because my dad always taught me that. I used to be very afraid of public speaking. I'd be afraid to, you know, walk on stages in high school or talk to people. Not a good public speaker when I was younger. And I used to be so afraid. But he told me one time, he goes, it doesn't matter how afraid you are. Don't let them see that. Stand tall. Remember to put your shoulders back and put a smile on your face. People will remember your smile. And I think... I always kind of pulled that with me. When people saw me, they didn't see sad Shiloh. They didn't see, you know, I had a lot of stuff going on. And um, I think I just kept that mentality and I stayed pretty tough within myself. And so I always remembered, hey, smile even when you're scared. Stand up tall. Let people know that you're there and, and do your best. You know what I mean? Do your best. And so even in the years that I wasn't confident I did a very good job. And what I did when I wasn't feeling confident is I put myself into work mode. So we can talk more about that too. But I am the kind of person like if I'm not feeling good about something, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to find a project and I'm going to go into it. I'm going to start donating. I'm going to start, you know, I'll, you know, maybe we'll do a fundraiser or, you know, I would dive into my work, do doubles. Like I used to be a waitress. So uh, you know, I had a young daughter. I was going to school full time. I, I chewed off way too much. Like I bit off way too much because I like took 19 credits the first semester, had a child, and then I was going to school and, and working two jobs. Like, can you imagine? So I was like, oh my God. I remember I took a nap in physiology. I don't know if you ever took science, but I totally bombed it. I just, <laughs> I walked up to the teacher and I'm like, I didn't even fill out the test because this was the class I had to to basically let go. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if anyone has ever felt like that in college, but I'm like, this is the class I'm going to fail this semester because I'm going to have to take it over. because I. <laughs> so that's just kind of me in a nutshell in my first few years. But no, confidence does not always happen. But I will say that I always held my head up high, uh, even in the bad times, like even when the really hard times. But I've always worked hard on showing strength. I don't know if it's confidence, but always showing strength for people who need it the most. Cause it's not me who needs it. Like when I'm in a room or when I see people, um, especially in what we do, 
I have to have strength for other people and I have to be the one, hey, give me a hug. Hey, let's talk. Let's go over here and have a conversation. Or if I see you in a bar and we're hanging out, we're going to have a great conversation. We're going to lift each other up and at least give each other some value, right? So, I mean, that's that's kind of how I work the confidence into life. Yeah, no, that was, woo, love it. Spicy, dang. <laughs> you know, something that kind of popped into my mind as you're saying that is the gift of perspective. You know, I think that we every time since you've been through some pretty pretty gnarly intense situations at such an early age you kind of had to grow up real quick and you have this perspective that most people don't have where you know you at say 30 years old is is someone that might be you know in the mindset of a 45 or 50 year old because you've just been through so much experiences and the gift of perspective is so important because it seems the happiest people in the world are the ones that went through the crazy stuff, the stuff that like scared them to death, the stuff that made them realize like there's there's terrible things in the world. And when you can get through that and you can realize how lucky you are, then like your just confidence blows up. And that's something that I've seen that you're really good at is making people feel very comfortable in their own skin. You know what I mean? Yeah, being genuine is really important. And that's something you learn as you get older because <laughs> you – sometimes you try to please so many people. I used to be a people pleaser. And I remember I would, I would be exhausted at the end of the day. I'm like, I can't do this. And I cared a lot about what pe people thought in my earlier years. I think we all do. I think it's pretty natural. If you can be a person who, who doesn't care, congratulations in your earlier years. I think as we get older, that's why it's so fun to be around older, older people, senior citizens or veterans, because they just don't give a flying shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I me but they don't because they just know what's important and I think experiences like going through tough times even though I got married young had a, a beautiful child and I worked hard it was not a negative experience it just taught me gratitude and I think gratitude is something when you can learn the power of gratitude and you can in, in, implement it in every area of your life even when things are going rough and like when you're having a bad day Ian or when you're sick and we've both experienced you know some things you have to be like, I'm so thankful for my body. I'm so thankful for my health, even when it's not where it wants to be, because it is a blessing every day, right? But I never used to practice that. I used to just be like flying by the seat of my pants, just trying to get through things. When you when you experience so many ups, downs, you know, maybe deaths, you know, you lose somebody you love, you start to really appreciate the mo the moments, the small moments. And I think I, I've been in direct sales now for nine years and I will tell you the first eight and a half of them, I didn't enjoy any of it because I was so focused on the next goal. Like I never took time to stop and smell the roses. I spoke about this last night to a group of people and I, I made a magazine one time and I'll never forget this. I, I, I got in a magazine. I had a great article. Um, you know, there was a ton of people in it. Guess who never read the entire magazine, not even her own article. You. Me. I didn't even read mine. I probably skimmed it. And I was like, cool, great. I, it wasn't that I wasn't grateful to be in it. It was great, but I always felt like, okay, I have to do another thing. Like it's not good enough. It wasn't good enough. And that was me. And so I see a lot of people do that. They're like, oh yeah, but yeah, but I'm not here. No, 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 no. Do you see where you are? Do you see how close you are to that 
next breaking point. And I love calling them breaking points, Ian, because I've had so many in my life that they determine that next level, right? You might not, and you can call them the storm too, but it's those moments where you're like, everything is going to hell, like it's hell in a handbasket. And you're like, holy smokes. And what I learned very recently is I went through a time where physically I was struggling um, with my body. I had went through some chronic pain and things like that. Um, I, I had some emotional things going on. I had to make a big shift in my business. And it was just so hard for me to make these decisions. And for the first time, I didn't, I didn't let it take me out. I sat outside of it. Does that make sense? I sat and kind of witnessed what was happening. And I realized that this is a breaking point. This is a turning point because I know the minute this is over, I'm going to be at another level. And that's really hard for some people. Some people want to fight that. They want to fight these barriers. They're like, oh gosh, everything's going bad. It's like, no, 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 no. Think about it. Why is the universe doing this? You're getting ready to go to the next step. And for me, when I was ready, I, I could see it. And I'm like, this is going to be hard. But at the end of this, it's going to be everything I've been praying about. I wanted peace. I have peace. I wanted happiness. I have happiness. I wanted to build something and be my authentic self for a long time. And we talked, you talked about how I, I'll wear crazy clothes and I'll do my own thing. I get to be me where I'm at right now. And it took me 30, how old am I, DJ? 38? 38 years. I have to remember. I used to make fun of my mom for not remembering my age and the kids and her age. I'm like, now I do it. I'm like 37, 38. I don't know how old I'm. Um, but it, it took me this long to be comfortable in all of my skin, 10 pounds heavy, 10 pounds lighter, um, hair up, hair down, you know, just not to worry about anything but be in the moment. I, I get challenged. I'm not going to lie. I have moments where I question it because it's too easy when you're at peace, right? It's too easy when you're right there. But when you can be your authentic self and do what you love doing, you made it. So a lot of people fight that. They want to please all these other people. I'm like, the minute you stop trying to do that, the minute you stop caring what the 5,000 people on Facebook that you don't even know think, it will be okay. You're going to be okay. And when you value the really close relationships and you can love yourself, then you can be in your authentic light. And that's when your business, your dreams, and whatever you want to be doing, no matter what it is, if it's a nine to five, it's a whatever, that's when it takes form. And that's when you make it to that next level. When you see people who are happy, when you see people who are, you know, at that success, when you think of like Tony Robbins, if you, if you look at his story from the beginning, he didn't start out, you know, in Tony Robbins, he was struggling, he was poor, he was broke. Um, you have to look at the back against the wall story and look at where they came from and what they did with it. it it's just choices. I see people who've had the best lives destroy their lives, that, that have every excuse in the book to not be successful, to fail, to feel bad, to sit in their own self-pity. But then I see people who had the worst childhoods, the worst experiences, hard things, I mean, very hard things that come out and are the most happy grateful people. It's a choice. And we have to choose, do we want to heal our stuff or do we want to sit in it? And I think when we accept and look at ourselves and be honest, and I think I'm going to let you talk because I've been talking a lot, but I think looking at, looking at yourself in the mirror and being completely honest with yourself is that first step. So let me bring it back to you.
For sure. Yeah, it's uh, everything you're saying are just straight golden nuggets. If we could plant all of these in a giant field, we would be creating some jack in the beanstalks. Just, I mean, this is all just such relevant information for anybody that's on their journey because it's a journey. And it's like people are so stuck in the pity train and it's so natural to, to look at our situations, even if we have it great, to look at one or two things and wish we didn't have those one or two things happening. But the fact is, is there's people out there with 50 times what you got and they got a bigger smile on day in and day out. So it's just all about perspective. And you said something cool. You said every level is a new devil. Uh, you know, another level, uh, you, you mentioned just going up levels. And I want to say, you know, I like saying the whole thing, every level brings a new devil because it's like, you know, when you have those breakthrough moments, like you got to thank those bad experiences that get you up there. And I, I'm curious with your introduction into entrepreneurship. I mean, you've had an outstanding career. I mean, you've been and you're still just in the freaking peak of things. You got so much even crazier stuff going on in the future. I'm just so excited to to be to be linked up with you this early in your life. But, you know, you're, you're just everything you've done, building massive teams, leading lots of people. What was day one like? And first of all, like, did you go to college? And if so, what school? Mm-hmm. I went to a community college called Lake Superior College because the program I chose, I was dental hygienist. So that's a community program. It used to be a four-year degree. They cut it down. Um, it's a great career. Like when, when I see people in the dental field, I almost wanted to be a dentist. My biggest thing was, though, I didn't want to <laughs> – I, I didn't think I could commit to all the years. I needed to get in and get my hands dirty. Like I didn't want to go into dental school and try to wait also the money. Like I couldn't afford dental school, and I didn't want to get into debt on that level. So – I thought dental hygiene, perfect career, you know, you go to school for, you get your two years of, cre- you know, all the generals in, and then you wait two years. And that, it's pretty much, so you're in school for six years, even though it's a two-year program, right? It's just crazy. And so um, I, I loved it, but at the same time, I realized I am so bad in an office. I am not the person to be in an office. Like, I, I love my patients, but I'm like, wow. I, I just dreaded going to work, and I'm like, ah, oh, I don't think... This is for me, um, but I, I love the field, but it was also very flooded. It's a very flooded market, and I was very, I felt like we were told we were going to make all this money, but we really were not going to make all this money. There's no benefit, and it's really it's really a tough market right now, and it'll turn around again. It's just, there's always stages, just like in nursing. There's stages where the baby boomers get through, and then you start over again, but I just, I realized I didn't love it and it was hard for me to accept. And I I still, sometimes I fill in when I want to, but I really don't. I mean, I just want to be, I like what I do. I like to work on my own time. I like to kind of have my freedom. I'm a terrible employee. I'll just say that. Nobody wants to hire me. I'll be honest. Like you just don't. If if I'm not busy, I'm going home. Like that's how I feel. I'm not sitting on the clock because I want to go home and get my stuff done. But um, when it, when you talked about the every level is another devil, I love that saying. It's like my favorite thing. Here's the flip side to to that. We always pray to get to that next level. Like we're like, oh, if I was just here, right? Oh, if I was just making seven figures or if I was just making. And then all of a sudden we realize, holy cow, now I have a whole new list of responsibilities. Now I have a whole new list of things I have to do that I never even realized were part of this. Like you do get a whole nother challenge so it doesn't stop you don't like start making more money and then everything goes like oh everything's easier no 
things will be more challenge. There's more challenges behind every level you hit. So I just want people to know it's great, but it's, it's always going to challenge you until you don't want to be challenged anymore. And I think for people like me, for people like Ian, anyone listening to this obviously is, is somebody with a business mindset or entrepreneurial mindset. It, you, you don't, you never stop growing until you're dead. Okay. And there isn't this place where I, I, I've, I've experienced this with people where I've seen them have massive success very quick. And I've seen them do nothing with it, meaning they get comfortable. And I think the best advice I can give anyone who's maybe in a really good spot or, or even just a little bit of success. And they're like, gosh, don't let up on the gas. That doesn't mean don't enjoy things. It means do not get comfortable and complacent because if you want to build true residual income, it doesn't happen in two years. It doesn't even happen in five. You need to be supportive and in the grind. And even when you do hit some of these higher levels, you need to be supportive of the, the people who came with you. And I, I have seen people check out. And when I say check out, I'm talking completely walk out and they have this blessing. And then they realize, and especially in direct sales, and you've probably seen this, where it can go away. If you're not watching it and I've seen people waste this and wait and, and not be involved in their teams. And I think never get comfortable. You need to give yourself a good five to 10 run. And even if you do hit some really great peaks, make sure you're prepared and be smart with money and don't be crazy. And the, the worst thing I see in any industry, and it's a big right now, the Instagram you know, all this stuff, it's, it looks so pretty. And you see some of these people and you're like, how are they living this life? They're not living this life. I heard about a Russian guy who, who bought a private jet to rent it out for photo shoots that you, you don't fly in it. It's just to take photos to say they were on a jet. Now, this is what I'm talking about. That is insane to me. And now I love flashy. I love people who, who have earned all this stuff, but never misrepresent who you are. Because people will, you'll show your hand real quick. When people meet you, they're going to meet you, okay? So if you are, you know, if you want to buy fancy cars and you want a Lamborghini, if you can afford it, go get one. But if you can't, don't go get that Lambo, okay? And don't sit in one and say it's yours. I think we need to be a lot better in this society on representing ourselves and being real. And we talked about that earlier, but it's a really big deal to me because what turns me off the most is when I see people I know that are not making the income that they're claiming they're making and they're almost duping people to think that they are. And I think that's, that's not okay. We have to be a lot better in anything. If it's Instagram, if, and people are always going to do that stuff. Like it's fun to, if you buy a pair of Louboutins, go show them off. But if you're somebody who's broke every day and buying Louboutins, maybe not the best choice. It's your choice, but don't misrepresent who you are. Honestly, if you bought a pair of Louboutins and you're broke, say it. Say, I'm broke, but I bought these. Own it. That's the best way to be. Own it. People will love it. You'll probably get a million followers just because it's so funny. But <laughs> it's, it's just like people, people need to see more real life. And that's why you're seeing a shift again into some of these authentic people. When you see people get on um, lives and they're crazy. Like I, I follow some of the these. They're awesome women. But I'm like, this lady is nuts in a good way because she's 100% herself, I want to follow that. I don't care. 
I don't want to follow the fake stuff, you know, and I think if we can represent ourselves a lot better and, and be proud of it, hey, it's okay to, to struggle sometimes. It's okay to go through stuff. Be real and let people see that, that side because they're going to, it's called being relatable, right? The Ellen right. DeGeneres <laughs> relatable, hashtag relatable. Like people want to relate to you. So quit trying to be something you're not because they're going to figure it out real quick. Yeah, that authenticity. You're so right. I love how you brought that up because there's so many people that I know that I look up to and what sells on social media is realness. People want to see the real, real. And what's so cool is anybody can go around Facebook Live right now, be real about their real crappy whatever situations and people will love it and they can build their brand because they're being real and supportive i mean i i made that mistake i mean i definitely feel like i didn't make it as bad as other people but i definitely made that mistake when i was 20 years old you know i got started in my first direct sales company right place right time right momentum hit a six-figure income was making like eight to ten g's a month like life was crazy i'm like in school like oh wow this is nuts and they had a car program and basically the the thing was I had like multiple people. I think I had 10 like 5 to 10 people in my in my network with the car and I didn't have the car. And they would always look at me like, "Yeah, Yo, why ain't you got the car?" Like, "Are you not leaving by example?" And I was always thought it was just a terrible financial move. Eventually, I got the car. I was driving a 335 BMW at 21 years old. Um it was so so clean and beautiful and phenomenal, oh, man. Like, woo! Ah, made you feel some type of way. But really, it was one of the stupidest financial moves I have ever made. Um, absolutely. And, you know, the fact is, is they don't pay for the car. They pay for the payments. So if you ain't right. keeping that level, then you ain't going to keep the car. And, you know, when that company got shut down, I had such a reality check about financials and financial situations. And thank gosh that happened to me at a young age. Because now I'm 26 and I've had this unreal lesson where I've been able to then implement saving every penny I can from that day on. So it's Mm -hmm. like you really got to get it and you got to lose it in order to appreciate it. I guess you could say that with relationships, with a boss, with business and all those things. Would you agree with that? Yeah. You know, I I mean, I definitely went down this path, too. So I'm not coming from a place where I'm talking on the on the mountain or something. Whenever I say something, it's because I have done it. (laughs) Okay, so when I say I've made a million mistakes, I have. I bought a G wagon. Okay, now it was technically part of the car program, but I it doesn't matter what the car program is. If you're buying a G wagon, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It's a lot of money. And so it was my dream truck. I've wanted it for 15 years. And so I was at the peak of my last business and we were just hitting like that large amount of money. And I thought, oh, my God, let's just do it. It's my dream truck. I can do it. And, you know, on paper, it looks like we could do it. We could. But it was stupid. Like, why, why am I spending this much money on a car payment every month? And, you know, I had it for a while and it ended up not because of the money as much, but the maintenance. Somebody rear ended me. And they never fixed it right. Like they couldn't get the axle right. My insurance, because it was so much money, didn't want to replace the axle. This is just a crazy story. Anyways, it was a brand new G-Wagon. So I ordered it, everything. But what I learned from that is I told my husband when we were, I could see my business backsliding. And I'm like, I do not want to be stuck 
with any of that. Like, and what I realized is I'm like, I'm okay with getting rid of it. I still have a Mercedes. I still have a beautiful car. I have a GLE coupe. I love it. It's great. But um, I doubt, I mean, definitely from a G wagon to that, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a downsize, which is a good thing. But for me, I was like, here's the cool thing. I can say I bought my dream vehicle. I drove it. I loved it. My kids loved it. One day, when I have enough money in the bank to go buy it for cash, I will buy another G-Wagon, but only when I have enough money in the bank that I'll buy it for cash. And, that, and, and, and that's not right now. I don't want people to have, have this, again, misrepresentation because in, in all reality, that was a misrepresentation of my business. It was backsliding. I'm driving a G-Wagon and I couldn't afford. That was not a smart choice. So when I started to realize that I felt like I was lying to people, that's when I checked myself and I really, really stepped back and realized I think I need to make some changes and probably some big ones. And we also learned very hard with taxes. We got behind. I mean, it's very easy to do that when you're getting paid the way we get paid. And if you're not putting that stuff away for taxes, you are going to be owing that money. So it, I always encourage people, please be smart. Don't go beyond your means. Save your money. And, and, you know, build it up. And so I'm glad that you went through that really young, Ian, because I see a lot of people who get, I mean, they'll start making even, and this isn't low money, but they'll start making $5,000 a month and they're bawling. You know what I mean? Like they're just, they're like buying everything. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Pay your taxes and then look at how much money you have. <laughs> I, I try to teach that because we learned the hard way and we really had to we had to get smarter and own that we were stupid with our money. I mean, we did dumb things and we have to be a lot better. So it was a learning lesson that I'm glad that didn't totally break us. But, um, yeah, you, you don't need to buy those cars until you can pay for at least half of it in cash. I'm, I'm serious. Like, it's just luxury vehicles are so much. And I had a BMW, too, so I know. But the maintenance on them and having to take care of them, it's, it's not just that car payment. Oh, yeah, I have this freaking $60,000 car hanging out in the parking lot of a fraternity and i'm like this is an awful awful situation i'm like yeah. i'm straight up batmaning looking out the window on a party night and i'm like freaking out that someone's gonna mess the car up and i'm just thinking about all the <laughs> responsibilities i'm gonna have to deal with but uh but yeah let's just circle back real quick shyla how did you first hear and get involved into entrepreneurship what was that story like oh my gosh it's super funny because I was, I was dental hygienist. I had just had my third child. So my husband was a professional racer, ESPN type X Games racer, and had a great career. He was like 16 years old making great money, you know, living with his parents, living the dream basically. And so we were friends in high school. We didn't date, but then got married. We're about 25 years old and his contract was going to, he had one more year on his contract and he got the phone call and they cut it because the economy was tanking and they just cut it like we were not going to get paid at all. So we knew it was coming, but we didn't expect that. And so kind of survival mode kicked in. I mean, we had a lot of money in savings. We had investments, but I think in the first six months it was gone, all of it. I mean, we had to because we, we had medical bills. We had stuff that happened. I mean, life hit us hard during this time. My husband had to go to work with friends. <clears throat> And I'm like, I hated parties. Okay. So every time I went to somebody's party, I'm like, I'm not doing parties and I'm not cooking in your kitchen. I don't cook in my own kitchen. I say that all the time. I'm like, I don't cook at home. Why am I going to cook for you? I'm not going to sell you pot and pans. Um, but, but there was a company that came around 
And it was weight loss. It was real hypey, but it was great. I mean, it was on fire. Everyone was earning cars. And I'm like, well, I don't even care about the car. If I could earn 500 bucks a month extra, that could help. You know what I mean? And my sister-in-law was really excited about it. I'm like, I can do this. And so I went from this Facebook hater. I was not on Facebook. I hated it. I, I hated parties to doing parties meetings. Um, I was on Facebook trying to learn how to become on social media because I was very, how do I say this? I was very to myself. Uh, I was an introvert. I was very social, but when it came to like professional and public speaking, mm -mm, I was like, no, 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 no. And so I jumped in this company. Ignorance on fire went to the top half of the company in like six months, but it, it was in momentum. It was a perfect storm, kind of like you. You got in at the right time. It was like, okay, I got it. And you're learning personal development and you're on fire and everyone's jacked up wearing their bling jeans and rah, rah, and at the event. And then I started to kind of, I really liked it, but I'm like, ooh. I can see that the company is maybe taking a different direction. So the company was going to go public. And so I didn't like that. I didn't like what they were doing because I'm like, that's not a good choice. But then what they did is at the last minute backed out. And I could tell it was because they didn't have the money. And I knew something was wrong. So I'm like, I'm just going to step out. So our team had dwindled down. And I told them and I, I stepped out. I said, I'm going to be done now. I did quit. I totally quit. I left the money on the table. I was making a little bit of money, probably $2,000 a month, which was still great money, but I was ready to walk away. I started a business from home. So I walked away. I had a coming to Jesus moment. I read the book Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. It's my favorite book. Um, and it completely changed my life. Like I was like, that's it. I'm quitting my business. I'm starting a new business. And I completely just like checked out. And I even walked away from hygiene, you know, the dental world a little bit. The company eventually did go under. It did. It closed the doors. They reopened and did something different. But they did. Everybody kind of ended up leaving. It was dramatic. I spent about nine months outside of direct sales. I worked on some things on the back end. I learned, um, you know, I was working with a mentor at the time who was big in direct sales, but I wasn't kind of in the trenches. I was doing side jobs. And finally, another company came around and I thought it was right time. It was, I thought this is going to be it. I'm going to be leading the charge in this amazing company. Right. And it was, um, jumped in and, and went to the top in 90 days, broke records, first female to ever do it. I mean, bam, 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 bam. We started momentum in the company. They launched a product that was very big. Um, it was great. Uh, I had a great run five and a half years. I was there, but I went through so much there, meaning, I became a totally different person by the time I left in a good way. The person I became in the beginning was not my ideal version of myself. I, I started to worry about what everyone thought. I was focused on my looks more than I was. I, I was, it was like ego, 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 ego. I, I didn't know. Just I was drowning I was, in the ego. It was, and it wasn't that I was like, give me all the spotlight. I thought I had to be this machine because I, 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 I created a version that I couldn't keep up with. Okay. And it was killing me. And I'm like, I can't keep up with this. I, I can't do what I'm doing every day. Nobody can do what I'm doing. And I didn't love what, how I was, I didn't love the culture anymore. I didn't like, and, and that doesn't mean it was bad. It means for me, I was becoming this version that wasn't working with the old version. Right. And right. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, feel good about it. I was constantly on the phone. I had pushed my kids away so much. They stopped coming to me. 
I was losing my marriage. I was like, this is miserable. And I, I knew that I had to make a change because this, no amount of money is worth losing all that. No amount of money. And watching that slowly kind of go away too, I just was like, you know, for me, I have to put my family first. I have to find a company that's going to allow me to do that. It's not a company's fault, but the culture where I could have my family in the forefront, where I can be more present with them. I can't be running around doing crazy things. I, I really have to change my life. And mm. that's where I was at. And when I, when I decided to make that change, I knew it was going to be horrible. But here's the thing. This is the one thing I have to say. It was so bad. Nothing could have been worse. Okay, there was nothing that could have made me feel worse at that time. So walking away and having negative comments, having crazy stuff go down, all of it's a blessing because it's okay. I knew I had to walk through that to find my happiness and peace. And that's where we come back around. Like that's when you can find yourself. That's where that comes in. But you might have to walk through some fire. You might have to see people not be very friendly. But we're in a business. And if you can treat it like a business and not get caught up in this, oh, we're, we're all family. I love saying that we're all family. But the reality is, is we're working together. Some of us are friends. Some of us are great friends. Some of us are colleagues. That's okay. But don't get so wrapped up in the business and when people get nasty. You know, sometimes mm. there's that negativity. Let it go. Forgive them. They don't know. They're scared. Sometimes it's all it's usually fear. And sometimes people, when they see you step out and do something all by yourself, that scares them. They're like, whoa, what are you doing over here? Because I'm here and I'm with everyone else. And this is the right thing. Right. And it's like there's no wrong thing. It's just that sometimes people have to do their own thing. I mean, people definitely like latch on to the negativity i mean they feed on it in our society in our culture no one wants to see someone doing better than them and then like them show off in front of them i mean i don't want to see that either i don't like when people show off like just being like like you know for lack of a better word just douchey like right like you want to see people that are just authentic and real and it's like you you mentioned you know like you got so deep in this in this business in this company and then like social media kind of turned on you all of a sudden you know like and it reminds me of BK story. You know, if you guys haven't heard the BK episode number eight, it's we're, it's probably going to end up becoming a movie one day. Hope it should. But it was insane. I mean, you're talking, you know, the whole world through 6000 publications printing that he is running a two hundred and twenty one million dollar pyramid scheme off of an allegation that proved to be false. I mean, the company yeah. went from two hundred and twenty one million to negative seven million in two days. Talk about someone going from the top of the chain and like without social media that like the amount of negative press like wasn't possible in the past. But I mean, he was just talking about the comments and the things people would say to him by the hundreds flowing into his inbox. People that didn't know what was going on. They just were feeding off of it. You got to be tough. You got to be freaking tough. And that's why everyone needs to listen to the BK story, man, because that, like, oh, man. And then for him to come out of that and just I see it with you, you know, like I I didn't really know what was going on, but I kind of saw a little bit from the distance. I mean, you were definitely like in this in this moment where you're like, yeah, it just was definitely looked tough for you. And Mm -hmm. now you're just like everything. It always works out. It always works out. Like if you're listening to this, it will work out like your journey will work out. 
you know, got to have faith. You got to believe whatever it is that you believe in. So, you know, yeah. Shiloh, I love, I love when I go to your Facebook, you have a quote there that says, uh, what does it say? It says, fail fast, do it often and eat the cake. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about what that means to you? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people come into businesses or, or when I, we talk about that fast growth, you know how people are like, well, I want to get there fast. And the more mistakes you make the fast, the faster you make them, the faster you're going to get there. Meaning if you just want to sit and play it safe and you're like, I'm going to wait for someone to tell me what to do. I'm going to do No, go out and do it. If you feel like something, Hey, I'm going to try this, try it. If it, if it fails, great. You know, we talked about Edison. I think he's like, well, I know a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. Of course. Cause he failed a thousand times. Like, he knows that, and that's how you are going to know that. But that also comes with the experience we talked about at the beginning. Like, I can talk about all these things now. Nine years ago, I was a reactive, immature. I was just trying to bam, 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 bam. I was not patient. I didn't, I was just like trying to get through it. Now, looking at who I am, I can speak in front of crowds. I, I'm great on calls. I know these things, but I have the strengths that I can be proud of. And I also know my weaknesses. So fail a lot. I've made so many mistakes, but that's how I know what to do and what not to do. And that's how you learn. It's okay. Don't be afraid of it. Quit being afraid of people telling you no. Who gives, who gives the shit? Like, honestly, people tell me no all the time. I've heard more no's than anyone. And I just keep going. Most of the time, those no's turned into yeses anyways. I mean, man, just be positive with people. Love on them. Give them support. Just say, hey, keep watching me. I'll be here. And you're always there. Stay consistent. Oh, my God, stay consistent. Eat the cake means enjoy your freaking life. Oh, my God, just go do it. Like, I think we were at an event, and I we danced at the, at the event. It was dueling pianos. I absolutely love stuff like that. And we danced all night. And I'm like, just go dance. Dance with people. Get up when you can. Smile. You know, God, you know, every day can't be a diet. You know, that used to be my life for so long. And I'm like, honestly, eat the piece of cake. Don't be that person at the dinner table where everyone's, like, enjoying everything and you're miserable, you know? Live your life. Smell the roses. That's what that means. But honestly, I encourage people, please make mistakes. Just learn from them. That's it. That's all it is. A mistake isn't a mistake. It's a learning lesson. Get over this stigma that you have to be perfect because you don't. And it makes me think about the idea of of having a really powerful vision of where you want to be. I feel like a lot of times with goals and whenever someone wants to set goals, like if you don't have a goal, then it's like, do you really even have something that you're trying to achieve. And it's like the most successful people can pretty much rattle off their three to five year goals for like in a heartbeat because they're just every day they're doing the little micro goals to get to the big goals. And you know you're going to achieve a goal when the vision of what you're trying to achieve is so clear. You know what I mean? Like without the vision, the goal doesn't happen. I'm curious with everything that you've had. I mean, you're, you're clearly like living La Vida. Like, do you have a certain three to five, like a couple goals that you're really striving for that five years from now, if I could hold you accountable and be like, listen up, girl, this is what you said you was going to do. Like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do with your life? So funny because I just had this conversation. Um, so I, I'm really passionate about giving back philanthropic. Um, I'm really passionate about the homeless in our area and also displaced children and LG, the, the lesbian, gay, transgender community. And I know there's, there's more that I could say. I want to be politically correct when I say it only because I, I am very sensitive to, I want to respect everybody, but there's a lot of kids who get displaced in that community 
and also any kids. So it's not just a certain group of children, but all children displaced. I never, they should never be without a home. And so that is something that two years ago when I was in this mode, I was ready to start doing and I had to put it to the side. Um, I'd also love to, you know, create a foundation for that. However we do it. I want to get a scholarship program in my high school, this little school in Proctor, Minnesota. I want to get a scholarship program for the rebel of the year. It's going to be the rebel scholarship. And I'm going to start that um, hopefully within a year. I mean, that's my year goal. I just want to make sure I can do it and be proper with it because I want to help young entrepreneurs at that age get a good start. And I want people with different minds. So the, the whole point of the scholarship, it's not going to be the straight A student who's, you know, not saying that that's not good, but that's not the only qualification. I want to see somebody that thinks outside the box, that gives back to the community, that's like really, really ambitious, that is uh, a good to their peers, makes makes a difference in their peers. And, and not just based on I get eight straight A's. Right. That's not why the scholarships there. The scholarships there for people who who are the all around good person. Right. The you know, like hardworking, fun, cares about people, takes care of people, um, you know, and, and has ideas, you know, is creative and, and 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 thinks outside the box. So that's that's one of my goals. Um, obviously, personal wise, I would love to. We want to own a home in Florida and rent it out. That's a big one. And my husband keeps talking about a home out west. Two homes is crazy in my opinion, but we could do it. I, I just, right now, we want to finish some things up over here. My goal business-wise is to hit, you know, a level where, and, and I don't like to make super big claims, but I want to be, I always tease Tim Housden, you know Tim Housden. I'm right, like right. Tim Housden, spirit animal. I want to be Tim Housden money. And it's a joke. It's just a, a joke because he's so fantastic and so is Brian. Um, but I would love to... I'd love to be making multiple six figures a month, um, you know, multiple six figures a month and creating um, at least 10 to 20 seven figure earners in the next two years to three years. See, that's like an ambitious goal. And that's what's cool about that is that the lesson there is think how big, you know, Shiloh's thinking right now. It's like, where, how big are you thinking, you know? I think the biggest thing I've learned is just how, how much we discredit how strong and powerful and purposeful we actually are. It's like you can, you know, the whole fake it till you make it, the, you know, the remix of that is be it till you become it. You know, like yeah. you can literally just act like that person on TV and all of a sudden you are that person on TV or act like the person that would be the perfect job candidate. And before you know it, you got the job. It's like, it's so crazy how like, you just don't got to be that good to be the best in this world, right? And we see it all the Correct. time. People in positions they probably shouldn't be, but how did they get there, you know? Yep. They, they, they took a swing at bat, you know? They, they, they stepped up to the plate when you was all watching, eating popcorn. They was out there hustling. So it's yep. like you have this brand, the Rebel brand. Where did the Rebel brand come from? Well, that started about, oh gosh, six years ago. I wanted to create a team name. This is where it came from. And I'm like, I have to make it that represents me, you know, like me and everyone that wants to be in this, in this group. And it's not about me anymore. It's become so much more, even 
rebels are everywhere. You know, you think about the, the misfits, the rebels, when you think about, you know, Steve Jobs and some of the things he's done and said, and it's just, it's, he is a rebel. You know, you think about these people who have done such amazing things. They weren't viewed as amazing in the beginning, right? They were like stepping out and doing things nobody was doing. I want, I wanted to be a part of a group of people who dressed the way they wanted to dress that, you know, rock sunglasses at the event in the middle of the night, you know, like I want people to be themselves and have fun. And so I wanted to have an environment and a culture where people could be their authentic self, like we talked about and, and think outside the box and not go into this little, this little place. And, and, you know, sometimes you see a lot of people that like, they all dress the same. They all look the same. They all talk the same, but that's not fun. I don't want that. I want people, all different sorts of people in our culture. I want people who want to help others. I want people who want to go out and do crazy things like create a scholarship or create things. I want people who have ambitious goals, you know, and, and that's, and that's where rebels started. And it was just a name at first, the team name that became a culture and, and helped build a culture in my other company. And I'm proud of that. And I, I think that's why some of the hurt was there. And I understand it. I really do. Because we really did build a great culture around that, not just our team, but that dynamic and um, being able to bring the parts of it over, over to where I am now. It just really makes sense more now than it did even five years ago. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a powerful brand, and your your swag when I see you guys rocking is pretty cool. It's all about like the yeah. camo, like the G camo. It's freaking yeah. cool. I'm I'm into it. You got to send me one. <laughs> I will. Uh, I have to make some more. Right. So it's like this is something that it requires a lot of like interest in, interlooking. Um, and you know, I like to ask anybody that's you know seen the le- the level of success that you have, and that's not finan- That's not just talking about financially. I mean, personally, I am. You, you talk about like philanthropy in general. I love like the idea of conservation and just doing what we can do to help the planet because we're literally effed if we don't figure something out in 10 years, right? So I find those people that like those that might not be making lots of money but are out there on the forefronts like pushing conservation limits or like, you know, just doing things that are so unique versus just the typical, like, go be successful, make a lot of money, and then find out that it wasn't what you needed the whole time. You know, like, it's like, I love those people, but I like asking, what would they do if they could go back in time, say, you know, back to when maybe right out of college or maybe right before college, before you made a massive decision in your life, right? If you could go back and kind of whisper maybe one, two, or three things into your previous self's ears, like like Shiloh all of a sudden wakes up in a dream. She's like, older Shiloh looks at her like, yo, listen up, girl. We only got like 60 seconds to three minutes. You got to listen. <laughs> and you can say like one, two, or three things to her. What would you say to, that, to your previous self? And obviously it can't be, I wouldn't say anything because that's just a lame answer, you know? Because That way you know that. I would say get into direct sales. I was a hustler when I was younger and I used to work like three jobs and I, I really wanted to, to, if I could have had that same drive, I mean, I honestly think I would have done very well in direct sales. I wish I would have got into it much sooner than I did. That's one thing. The other thing would be is um, take time with your family and your father. I would have said that. I would have said spend more time with your dad and really take the time even when you're busy because I lost him young and he 
I wish I would have taken some of those times. There was a couple things that I, I didn't do and I really was sad about. Um, and then and the third thing would be quit caring about what people think. It doesn't matter. You're going to be just fine. I would tell I would tell myself, look at where you are now. I would tell her. I'd say, that, and you did it because you stopped caring what people think, so do it faster. Because <laughs> that one really bothered me for a long time. So I think getting into direct sales would have been the first thing I did. I think everybody should try to get into something entrepreneurial. I think it's super smart. I think schools need to be teaching this. It's ridiculous. We had DECA. That was all we had. I mean, you don't get to, you don't get taught how to do your taxes. You don't get taught how to be a business person. You go to school, and I'm not saying that schools are failing. They're not. There just needs to be more. Uh, business programs. There needs to be more that teaches people how to live outside of high school and college because you have a group of people in our country, a large group living with their parents because they really can't get out of their debt because they're in college debt. And that's not me. That is a true statement. And it's like, yeah, you got to hustle to get out of it. And it's a lot of work and it, it can be very challenging when you have life and, and things that happen. And, uh, you know, I think when we are, when we look at people, and we, we, we kind of brought it up, like some people who shouldn't be in positions they are, but why they're there, it's because like when you see people, they will speak in a way where they are so confident. It might not even be true and they're telling it. And you're like, you actually believe yourself. But their confidence, they are so confident in themselves. That's why they're at where they're at. They don't have to be good at it. They just, know, they're just like, yeah, that's right. And, and you know, sometimes... That can be a good and a bad thing, but when you can when you can find confidence in your goals, the path will be paved for you. Like, find the vision first, write the goals down, and that path will open up. But you got to believe in it so much that you are that crazy person for a while. When you say it to people, they're like, "Yeah, you're living with your parents, and you 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 know, like when they look at you and you're saying these crazy goals." But what happens is is if you're crazy enough to believe it, it's going to happen. You just got to stay the course. But if you don't have vision, you can't stay the course. If you, if you just are like, yeah, I'm going to make a million dollars one day. That's great. I mean, we can all say that. But how are you going to do that? Are you, what do you want to do? How are you going to get there? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help others get there. You know, how are you going to help other people get to their goals? And then you're going to get to your goals. And, and it, it's going to take time. You got to be willing to be consistent daily, uh, your habits. You got to get some good freaking habits because if you don't have good habits, your life isn't going to go anywhere. And you know, you you've got to be committed to your dreams. Shiloh, what are what are so just just to chime in? What are some of like the quick habits that you think changed your production? Daily gratitude in the morning. Don't get on your social media. If you're waking up and going right to Facebook and right to Instagram and and everything, you're going to ruin your day. Okay, you can't start your day like that. The way you start your day determines the entire day. Because you can wake up and you can see some awful things on social media, especially when now we're going into a campaign again, get ready. It's going to get fun again. Um, so now we're going to go into campaigning for a year. That's really tough. Think about how hard this last campaign was on everybody because the, just the negativity coming out of it and so much. And it was like, you couldn't even get away from it. And, and so don't, don't wake up to that daily gratitude, give five to 25 minutes a day on that. You need to exercise. That does not mean you have to become a bodybuilder. It means get yourself moving, do yoga. If you have to, um, I like to work out. It saves me every day. You got to do something with yourself. Take a walk. Even if you are not a physical person, please, you need to get yourself moving. You need your body to be, you don't have to be in perfect shape. Um, those habits are very, very important. You all like, you have to be doing that stuff. Um, 
goal setting, having vision boards, but your daily your daily tasks in the morning are the most important. They really are. And getting getting a list of stuff done in the first two hours. The other thing I'm going to tell you is start waking up earlier. Every single successful person that we listen to that you guys love, we watch, I guarantee that they say they get up at five o'clock in the morning or earlier. Eric Thomas, uh, Tony Robbins, they're all getting up. And that there's a method to that. Like when you get up early and you get your day done by seven and the whole world is just getting up, think about how much ahead of you are. It's really important. Gary Vee talks about it. I mean, I could name everybody that talks about waking up early. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's one of my favorite, by the way. It's so funny about me. I love Arnold. <laughs> I love him. I've always loved him. But his, his, his rules to success are my favorite. I can't quote all of them. He, it's just amazing. That's one of my favorite things. I think six rules or something. But he, he's just, he talks about failing too. But getting up early and having goals and dream and be crazy and, and just doing it. And, and here's the last thing. Just do it. Just do it. Quit talking about it. Quit writing lists and not doing them. You have to be in action. We could sit and talk about goals all day and we could manifest our dreams all day and we could be positive all day. But if we're not taking action, we're just a broke you know, manifester. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to make money doing nothing. But you can definitely get what you want by speaking things into existence, but you have to be putting action in there. You yeah. have to be taking action. Yeah, amen. And it's cool that you mentioned like rule number one, you would say get into direct sales earlier because I mean, for me, like personally, I learned more in the direct sales industry in six months than I did my entire college career. And this is kind of, I had this moment where I really laughed to myself and became very questionable of the system. And, you know, my brother's a surgeon. He did the whole four years in school for life thing. And Thank gosh that surgeons do that because if they don't get the schooling they need, the Jones is going to get all cut up the wrong way. So it's like, you know, it's good certain people are the way they are. But I remember I had this economics teacher that there was this like basically very negative article that came out about the company that ended up getting shut down. And somehow, like I have no idea how, but somehow a UNH economics professor was able to give a quote to this article, which I was blown away because I didn't even think our team was relevant and like we were relevant, which is kind of dope. And they just kind of like, she just said some negative stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I learned more about life and development and taxes and being nice to people and building relations than I did learning by failing in network marketing than I did in her freaking labor economics class learning about some models that I've never used to this day that are just complicated. So that just, I, I'm not going to go into like a total rant about that, but I get it. I get like, I think that everybody, if you get believed in, if someone just believes in you, then you can be successful. And network marketing is a free way where people can believe in you. And if you believe in people, I was, I just did a podcast with Danelle Delgado. I don't know if you know her. Yeah, um, yeah she's her, great. Yeah, hers is coming out right before this. And she just talked about like, if you can believe in somebody and like they can unlock their potential, like, oh my gosh. And that's why network marketing and direct sales is a breeding ground for entrepreneurship. I would have never gotten in my startup. I would have never gotten into True Face doing facial recognition if it wasn't for direct sales. You know, I know so many people that have built their brands online. They create these programs, they travel the world because they, got their foot in the door, multiple streams of income. It's literally a personal development program 
with a payment plan, which is so interesting yeah. to me because I just, and then it's just the community, but not to go too deep into that. I love what you said about getting up in the morning. I'm working on my morning routine. It's hard. It's tough. I mean, every day I try to go like three minutes earlier. You know, right now I'm getting up at 6:45 a.m. and that's early. But I, I don't roll out of bed till like 7:15, so it's really not real. And uh, <laughs> bangs of coffee. But you're right. Getting that morning routine set, getting 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 your stuff in place, and just becoming more machine-like with your habits, so that you are more productive. And you control your emotions so that you can handle the day and not have the day handle you. So Shiloh, really curious. You know, this is the staple. This is the staple of the show. You know, there are a lot of people out there right now that are working a nine to five and they might love what they're doing, making phenomenal aerospace money, like going back to their husband or wife, like breadwinners, like going out to the fancy places, working out at Equinox. But, you know, in the back of their mind, they just don't feel fulfilled. They don't feel inspired at work. They feel like they're just earning a paycheck doing something that doesn't make them happy. Then there's also someone on the flip side that's working something that they're, you know, not valued. They don't like. They're not happy. And they want to jump into entrepreneurship, but they want to be their own boss. They want to go rescue animals, but something's holding them back. Not enough money. What if? All these things. What would you tell that person that's like right on the cusp of just jumping out and making the first move towards whatever goal they want to achieve? Well, number one, make sure you know exactly what you want to do. And if you don't, brick and mortars are very, very, they're, they're great, but they can be a lot. And so when you're preparing to go into entrepreneurship, which I've done both sides, I've done it both ways, um, you want to make sure you are crazy passionate about what you're about to jump into that you gain knowledge on it. So when you're, if you're opening up a business, let's say it's not direct sales. I will say this, direct sales is the easiest way to become an entrepreneur because it's set up for you. There's no costs except for maybe buying your products. It's there for you. So the platform's there. When you go into like a brick and mortar and you want to do that, make sure you gain knowledge that you, you are supported and that you understand fully all the financials and what you need to do, because it sounds great. Like I almost started up a spin thing. You know, I, I was looking into getting into a spin thing here and I'm like, okay, what would I have to do? And I started to read about it and look, hold on. I got an update it's coming up. Hold on. Um, I started to read about it and I'm like, I don't think this is, I love this enough to do this. Okay. I didn't, I didn't think I loved it enough to actually go into this level of finances you have to make sure because once you're committed into a big, big venture like that, that's your baby. Okay, that's your baby and it's got to be your baby. So make sure you're absolutely passionate in the month. If you're looking for something that is a side gig, that's direct sales. Okay, that is something I would say that's a direct sales move. You're going to want to look into what makes you excited. What company aligns with you? What's the culture like? Um, do you love the products? And I'm going to say this. There's thousands of great companies and thousands of great products, but it matters what the culture is. Number one, does the culture align with your values and you as a person? That's a really important choice. Don't make decisions off of hype. Don't make decisions off of, you know, I heard this and I heard that. Do your due diligence. Be smart. And make sure you're excited, not because of money. Money will follow you with your passion, okay? But don't make decisions based on your ego. This is the last part. When you're looking at something, don't not do something or do something because 
someone else did or didn't. That's your ego. Do it because you're excited about it and you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And I see a lot of people making really poor business decisions because of their ego, because they want to be the top dog. So they'll jump into every startup on the planet without even doing any research. They're like, oh, it's a startup. It's brand new. I'm going to do it. I'm like, well, maybe you should look at it because that isn't the greatest business model or that product doesn't seem like it's going to go. And I see a lot of I, I see a lot of startup jumpers and, and it's, it ruins their credibility. So be smart when you're making decisions. Don't just make them because you want to be at the top dog. If you're really good, you'll go to the top. Doesn't matter what company you're in. You can go to the top. Damn straight. All of us got the top dog inside of us. We just got to unlock it. But yeah, beautiful. Shyla, it's always been real. How can people, if they want to get more of the of the Shyla in their life, where can people follow you? Where would you point people to? Oh, just go on Facebook. I'm an old timer Facebook person. Shiloh Ekstrom. I have two accounts, a business and a personal. And you should probably get me on both pages. Um, I have a website, ShilohExtrom.com. has a video blog that has some content in there. Great stuff. More about me working with me. And then you can find me on Instagram. It's Rebel Influencer on Instagram. I'm not the best Instagrammer, so don't judge it. But I definitely am there. Um, I have to get better. I'm honest about that stuff, guys. I was the Facebook person, so I mastered that and the millennials are the Instagrammers so I got to get better on Insta but I absolutely love it all I thank you so much Ian this is awesome this was so much fun and you are just a shining ray of light every time I see you so I can't wait to see you again give you a hug yeah till next time everybody have a phenomenal day it is a damn good day to have a damn good day we'll talk later all right bye Ian thank you for listening to another episode of Len Jones Party of Two If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time, peace.